0: Night episode, photo finish. Gearwebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches. Every Friday is Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at gearwebsites.com. Radio Free America, and this is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. (laughs) and welcome everybody to our Daily Gun Show. Come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern, and we talk about guns for about an hour. So let's see, we go live at midnight so that we have uh, the time slot to ourselves so that we can go as long as we like. Our goal would be to do a long format show talking about guns with a focus on the Second Amendment. Uh, we go live each weeknight, so that means each day of the week we're live. So uh, we have some goals with the show. We, each night we have a special, uh, specific uh, topic on Mondays. We talk about motivation for Second Amendment activists, how to be an activist, why to be an activist, uh, what's worked and what's, necess- what's needed. On Tuesdays, it's all about 2A, look at different things in the Second Amendment. Wednesdays, we have our quiz, take a look at pop culture. Thursdays, it's all about travel and training. Tomorrow, Friday, we'll take a look back at the week and take a look at what other people have been doing that focuses on what our Second Amendment protects. We document, we archive, and hopefully we entertain and have some fun along the way. Today we're going to have some fun and kind of reminisce. my internet bad? I don't know if I'm disconnecting. I'm going to shut my other computer off here, I guess. Uh, My signal thing tells me it's not working real good, so I don't know how the internet's working. Give me some feedback if you would. Smeggy's out there. Gunpowder Beauty was the first one to say hey tonight. Good evening. A bunch of people might be jumping over from Gary's chat, who did a a chat on a different day of the week than he normally would, because he's heading to the Wanamaker Gun Show in Tulsa. So, let's see we're going to be talking tonight about our firearms tour back in 2012 and i was just thinking about that trip and we did go to tulsa in 2012 but i don't think i was going to the to the gun show i may have known about the gun show but uh you know the gun show only happens twice a year and i forget what time of year we went through there it might have been october so we missed the gun show for sure, but we did go to Tulsa. So we'll talk about that when we get to that point in the tour. So I don't know if anybody wants to join in tonight. Uh, I'll put a link to the co-host. I guess we'll see if anybody wants to be if anybody's awake this late. It's only uh, nine o'clock for the Pacifics. It's uh, midnight for the Easterns, and. Everybody in between has different times. So I'm talking and typing as I talk here. Going to head over to where I let the co-hosts have a link if they want. And we'll chat about... Whoa, that didn't work. We'll chat about the trip from 2000. What's going on here? All right. That's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. So I'm gonna bring up our co-host, Sharon, uh, and then I'll stand behind that screen. There we go, I'll jump back here. And what we're taking a look at here is, of course, this video. Uh, Let's see, let's start a poll up for anybody that jumps in this evening. What should the poll be? I'm gonna make it, were you around watching our adventures in 2012 that'll be the question it's been a while since i've asked people how long they've been around because we've been doing this for a while and not that many people have been around the whole time so we started out in like 2000 or wait 1997 for crying out loud but we started doing the gun websites thing in 2004 but uh Curious to see how many people were around since 2012. Yep, since then and before. Then it can be, yes, around that time. How about an option around, not quite that long, or got here more recently. All right, let's try that. See if anybody uh, wants to answer that poll, how long you've been watching our adventures? Since uh, 2012, or longer? Since around that time? Since not that long, or just got here recently? all right wood summer of 2017 he's saying i think yeah it's weird to think back of uh you know stuff that you do on the regular stuff that you do kind of just paying attention stuff it's like thinking about when a movie came out or something it's sometimes difficult to uh put it in in scale or perspective so that's the poll that's going. We'll see what people say out of that, but we're going to head over. I guess this is the Instagram. There's nothing really to look at there. Does Instagram a thing back then? No, it wasn't. So I wasn't using Instagram. Uh, let's see. So we're going to go to gun where I've got all the stuff from our various tours. Uh, if we go to the main page of the whole place, uh, it's uh, gun shops all week, gun shows on weekends. That's our goal. When I can finally, uh, pay off the bills from the last tours, and then figure out how to do the tours and not go into debt, that'll be my goal. Get back on the road, check out gun shops all week long, as we drive to gun shows on weekends. And I'll get that figured out. I'll dial that in. And then we'll be doing that again. That gives us an ability to do what our goal is here, an honest look at firearms in the USA. So there's lots of people that are in the industry and want to tell you how great guns are because they want to sell you another one there's people who have some political agenda and guns are one of their pawns they gotta tell you how good guns are because you know they think you like guns and they want to be your friend or whatever see i just lost my internet or am i still connected then there's people who hate guns of course and then there's people who are in the middle and they don't pay attention at all people that got no passion and no interest What do you want them to narrate anything they're boring what are they going to tell you oh guns exist guns are okay here's a gun right like they're boring so then there's people that hate guns and of course you don't want them narrating anything so our goal is to go around with a passion and interest and understanding and awareness of where guns fit into our culture and our society and how our society fits into the world so i'm thinking you know that's how guns fit into the world and drive around and offer some of that In different ways, using the internets, using the other things, you know, now that we're learning how to publish, we'll eventually be getting published out, publishing some of the adventures. Uh, But anyway, an honest look at firearms in the United States, as much of the United States as we can drive around in, through our gun shows, which are awesome, gun shops, which are pretty awesome too, firearms museums. I didn't start out to look at firearms museums, but then it became sort of the, one of the major pillars of the of the tours and of course gun collections and that's been one of the bonuses one of the coolest things of the whole thing is seeing people's collections and those collections again can describe the guns themselves but then the community and the culture right and then how they fit in society super neat so the goal of the Guncha Loophole Tour is to share the firearm owner's experience. Why? Because one, I want to archive it for those that haven't figured out how cool guns are yet. A lot of people just think guns are like, you know, commodities or whatever. Um, and some people think that guns are tools or whatever. And some people think that guns are somehow magical. And some people think that they're somehow maybe even religious. I don't know. There's like people have a lot of different opinions about them. And sharing that is tough because a lot of people disregard, you know, the significance of them. So we're trying to share that and share it with some authenticity. It's a big project, but that's why we're doing it because it hasn't been done. And too many people just gloss over it or We'll give you just the basics and the basics are fine. I'm not dismissing that, but we're gonna add more to that or we're adding more to that with our projects. So it's not like I started out to do this, but it happened. So in 2001 did a road trip, was actually fishing on that road trip, but that was already documenting and being online during the road trip. So the internet was different in 2001, it was slower but that was part of that road trip in 2001. I had a a brand new Chevy truck. Let's go click on that one. This is the kind of the pre-2012. I guess I haven't clicked on it. So let's look at our vehicles. Uh, It was this old Chevy truck and I had a back, what do you call it, like a a cap on the back. Then I would just jump in the back to sleep and uh, drove this thing out to DC and from Tucson to DC. That was in 2001 and unfortunately right at the time when you know the worst time to go so uh that trip uh, was did i have the numbers on here i don't think i have the numbers in here but uh you know it's trip to dc and then i kind of farted around i went out to what's the word tallahassee whatever that town is in florida that's at the top of Florida, wherever I-10 ends in. So I took I-10 all the way east and then went north. It was a pretty good trip. I should get maps on these things. Oh, that's a pretty good thing. I'll put maps on each of these pages. So I've got the website and I've obviously put some attention to the tours that are more recent here, less attention to these old tours. But that first tour in 2001, uh, like I say, it was really fishing. I fished a bunch of, I would drive for a bit and I would stop and I'd fish. I really wanted to fish in Florida. I really wanted to catch a gar, and I wanted to fish in like the Mississippi, and I wanted to fish in a couple other places that I had just seen while I was driving around the country in my youths, and uh, that's what I did. I drove around, I had two dogs back then, and uh, I would just drive and stop, and my dogs were the kind of dogs you could just let them run around, they listened, so they didn't really need leashes or nothing. A couple of times in the South, I was worried about an alligator because I don't know what, you know, how dangerous alligators are, and they don't know what an alligator is, or they didn't know what an alligator is. Uh, anyway, that was a pretty fun trip. Went over to Tallahassee and then uh, went up to D.C. 9 11 happened. Stayed there for a bit until it was kind of everybody was okay with travel again, and then booked it back to Arizona. So I didn't have a lot of time on the way home to do much else than experience the United States post 9 11. On a road trip, driving around in my van, checking out the hotels, the restaurants, the gas stations, the truck stops, nothing else. I didn't, I was just driving. But that was a unique experience driving post 9 11 across from DC to Tucson in a vehicle. Uh, without, I was not in a hurry because you could tell that nothing was going on, but you know, it was a weird time. It's Veterans Day tomorrow. You know that was a long time ago. Everyone was thinking, "Do I need to go back in? Like, what did I do? Did I do something that's easier for me to get back in the swing of things than it is to hire somebody new?" You know, that was a lot of us are just trained to do dumbass shit. And if it's going to take somebody eight months to learn that dumbass shit, and it's only going to take us a month to remember it all, you know, it was one of those debates. Do you go back in? Is it necessary? Is what's going on here? You know, how, how much are we mobilizing? It was that kind of a trip. Anyway, it's a trip, a head trip as well as a road trip. Uh, In two thousand and nine is when we probably. So in two thousand and one, I was fishing and uh, it's by myself. I had friends that you know were. I was basically doing the trip online to because I had friends on both ends of the trip, which I was sharing it with, and then discovering that people were finding out about it along the way. But it wasn't really designed for those people along the way or the observers. It was really just for the participants and we were using the internet to post everything. 2009 comes along and this is seven years later. About 2005, we became press officially. Like we started having press credentials, going to places to cover it with cameras, posting that information online. Uh, We had been building websites for people. We understood how to do search engine and stuff. So, you know, we were, we were creating content for a reason and we were creating content officially. By 2009, we had been doing that now for about four or five years. And in 2009, we started to travel um, for SHOT Show, because SHOT Show used to travel back then, but also to go to the NRA show. It was out in North Carolina that year. Or no, in 2009, it was in Phoenix, sorry. So we were just traveling to SHOT Show in, in 2009, but that gave me a taste for travel and the guys got into it. And it was costing a lot of money. It cost us 3000 bucks to go to Florida back then and that was a lot of money so um in 2010 when we went to north carolina and then up to utah uh, we got some sponsorship we worked with front that was uh, an organization out of nevada that has uh had a well it's out it's it's bankrupt now it had a real up and down reputation i guess reputation in the industry uh it was developed as a ripoff we all know what it's like when a rip-off happens. It was a rip-off of guns, Gunsight, but in a different way. So it was a bigger, more, I'm gonna say cheesy, and more corporate version of Gunsight. It, it was a larger facility, which would allow more people through. It offered a lesser curriculum based off the main curriculum, literally a carbon copy, but because they had more people going through, more graduates means, Potential for less quality and more people of less quality, right? Like if only a few bad people can get through Gunsight, if any, some bad people could get through Frontsite, and that meant there was bad graduates from Gunsight, from Front—excuse me, bad graduates from Frontsite. So it had a not a great reputation. We had been working with Frontsite since, oh, I guess 2006, and by 2010, I was kind of—they were on my nerves. I understood where they stood and i didn't want to be associated with them unless like there was some reason to be so that's where uh, i was like well i tell you what you want to help us get to uh, nra show then let's talk and they went yeah here's some money and i was like oh snap it's that easy to get money so we got uh two of us went to nra show and i didn't like that I, i really didn't like it so that's when i stopped Doing sponsorship. We went to NRA and I don't want to get too far into it because they were not really talking about 2010. I'll do 2010 some other time. So it's, it's not really a shot show, it's an NRA show. But um uh that's where we learned that media people can be a-holes, especially to each other. And there's people that fear the next, they fear whoever's coming along next and you know we were young so we were young we were able we had accomplished quite a bit by 2010 and when we hit the scene there was people that did not like that the writers let's say the people that were from television and from writing and we had some conflicts when we were trying to collaborate with them and it was shitty and it was shitty to pay a lot of money to go have that experience it would have been much better to have that experience in phoenix the year before but we had a pretty good experience in phoenix the year before because we weren't trying to collaborate So that was our first attempt. Actually, shit, now that I'm thinking about it, there was two other ways that we tried to collaborate with fucking YouTubers, sorry. YouTubers are assholes. And that's when we first started to learn it, is in 2010, actually. I totally forgot about them. But uh, I was thinking more of um, the female organization at the time. I'm not here to bitch about that, but there was uh, some organizations that were, I guess they still technically still exist. They were new and they just did not start. They did not grow friendly or pleasantly and we had to experience that and it cost quite a bunch of money to experience that so that was an an experience of paying to get some harsh reality let's put it that way some you know when you're talking about the last generation they played different games they played in the different ballparks so they they just they were a little bit more rough and tumble and people may be rough and tumble now and I just don't know it but they were less, everybody was, and, and it was like more of them were, and it was a little more, there was less veiled, is that the way I say it? So, if we get to 2011, and then 2012, and somewhere in there, I met Haas, I wasn't looking to meet Haas, I was actually getting pissed of trying to reach out, I was reaching out to people, well, there was nobody bigger than me, except for one guy, so I was trying to reach out to people that I figured were going to be bigger than me, and guess what, they are way bigger than me now. When Haas came along, he was somebody smaller than me asking to hang out, and I was like, no, no thanks. But he was persistent, and then he started to do stuff, and I was like, oh, okay. And then uh, by 2012, um, I think we had already met up at SHOT Show by then. SHOT Show by 2012, let's remember that SHOT Show had already parked at Sands. Um, 2009 is when we started bringing video to SHOT Show. Uh, seven or eight is when millspec monkey and um, uh, military moron and I can't ever think of the other dude's name the three dudes that started video started in probably 2009 for real bringing video to shot show to the internet immediately so in 2009 or they started that in 2008 maybe 2007 but probably 2008. In 2009, we brought videos. And then by 2010, we were doing 300 videos at SHOT Show. So by 2011, I was already getting sick of doing that. We, we I was wearing everybody out doing that many videos, our own crew, and we weren't getting anything out of it. We weren't trying to do it except to do it. Like we were just doing it to, to flex. We were just doing it to see what could be done. And it was neat, because by then we had seen the industry change from cameras to digital cameras to video and it went pretty quick by 2012 it was we we remember when this was too this was pre-2012 so this was pre all the garbage that happened in 2013 as a result of november of 2012. so by 2011 i'd kind of gotten soured on the idea of sponsorships and i was still interested in collaborating and we had had some pretty good relationships with a cutlery lover this dude in kentucky and then eric from iraqi veteran a couple other people marco out in dc and people in tulsa people in you know arkansas people all over so um i had smashed my truck that I had driven in 2001 that I mentioned. I I forget what year I smashed it, but I smashed my truck. It wasn't my fault. I was minding my business and it got smashed. Let's just say it got smashed. So I was sick of driving around my smash truck and I couldn't take my smash truck to Vegas and um, I needed to get something else. So I think in 2011 uh, I took all the money I had gotten from YouTube, which at the time I thought was a bunch of money. It was a couple of grand and bought a cop car. I bought a a cop car from Albuquerque. And that's the thumbnail of this thing. We're going to jump into the 2012 page here now. So uh, I bought this cop car from Albuquerque. And it was a 2000 cop car, Crown Vic P71. It's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, It I guess it had technically been in a wreck before, but it's in good shape. And uh, so we uh, I was thinking, okay, I just got this cop car. I don't know how long it's going to last. I've really, really, really wanted to do a road trip in a cop car for a long time. So I'm doing it, right? So I call up posse and I'm like, dude, can you jump down here? And we're going to drive around the country in a cop car. And he's like, yeah, let's do that. <clears throat> so he drove down in a train to Tucson. We got in the cop car. And then the goal was to get to New York, to that castle in New York that I wanted to check out so uh grabbed the credit card uh had it full and then you know had a bunch of money on the credit card figured i was going to spend about three grand and in other words had money to redo the credit card up to there we knew it was going to take about a month or something and our goal was to hit as many gun shops as we could find along the way Uh, and then um We wanted to do something like each state that we would drive into. We'd do a a thing like a little review of the CCW laws there. And at the time there was some apps you could get uh, that you'd tell your phone what the CCW laws were at the time. Those apps, those, those phone apps come and go because technology changes underneath them, right? The technology, the internet keeps changing, things get faster, phones get better, operating systems get upgraded. Uh, People move on, companies change, uh, preferences, you know, fees. Everything changes, so these apps don't last very long. At the time, this one was pretty hot, and everybody was using it. And we were going to use that as a kind of a supplement. That type of thing with these uh, videos about each state, because we were going to hit 19 different states, 16 states. I think originally. I guess originally it was 16 states. Um, We mapped it all out. It was going to take almost a month, and we were going to meet up a bunch of people. Somewhere along the line, long story short, we didn't meet up with everybody, had some car trouble. As you can imagine, an old cop car uh, ended up having some car trouble, nothing too bad. And, you know, getting used to the cop car and everything, learning it. It It was a brand new, to me, cop car. With like a hundred and something thousand miles on it. It was not a brand new cop car or anything by any means. It was a 12 year old cop car. And uh, somewhere in Virginia, we started having some car trouble. So uh, ended up kind of turning around and coming back um, with still hitting quite a few stops, actually. All right. So nobody's jumping in to. Uh, chat with me. So we're probably just going to go for a little while longer because it's kind of boring to talk about this. I thought it might be more interesting. I don't really have that many pictures in here. Some of these others, I might have uh, more pictures. Like I said, this one had nothing or less to do with Second Amendment stuff, but it did uh, get me kind of going with the tour and learned a bunch of things not to do, a bunch of lessons and uh, failures, right? So that uh, learned what not to do also got me introduced to the firearms museums. So I'm trying to remember, did we go to, we did go to J.M. Davis when we went to Tulsa. Oh, we definitely did. What am I thinking? Yeah, we definitely did. Fucking tollway in Tulsa. So yeah, all right, so I'm gonna start, I'm just gonna start and see how long we go. I don't smoke, I wish I had a cigarette because it's the kind of thing you are starting off on a long story here. So we started off in Arizona, Haas came down and like say, so came down on the train. We didn't know each other for just, we are kind of friends. But We didn't like hang out or nothing before that. So right off the bat, you know, it's was like, well, this is either gonna work or it ain't. But I could just tell that Haas is kind of dude that could either handle could handle this. There's people that can handle that kind of thing going on a road trip, people that can't. He seemed like a dude who could handle it. So I'm like, all right, let's go. And uh, the big question would be, you know, what we were expecting out of this and that kind of thing. So anyway, so we, we get on the road. And uh, head north, we met up with some chick in Phoenix. And, or no, we tried to. That was the deal. So right off the bat, we tried to meet up with a chick in Phoenix, a Marine. I tell you what, if I had five bucks for every time a chick from the Marines was weird on the Internet, I'd have like 50 bucks. There's a lot of good Marine, And I shouldn't be talking shit on their birthday. But I can't help it. That was what happened. The first thing we did is not meet up with a chick who was a Marine and was really big at the time. And I, wait a minute. I'd have to think this was a many years ago. She might've spun out completely. It might've been that chick that spun out completely. No wonder she spun out completely. I totally forgot. That was that. So, all right, right off the bat, we leave Phoenix or Tucson. Phoenix is an hour or something away back then. Well, still back then, it was still an hour or something away. And uh, do meet up with some other guy. Some guy who was doing a job where he drove around in some crazy looking robot that would reach down. You'd drive slowly over a bridge and this thing would reach down underneath and do the like a feel up underneath the bridge and see if everything's okie dokie under there. Real creepy little robot that would reach up underneath and feel a bridge. Really creepy. But anyway, that was some kind of infrastructure system. So it was neat to talk to that guy for a bit. Right off the bat, though, we started setting a pace of like driving an hour and farting around for four hours. So it's not going to be a good road trip pace. We booked up into going north. I didn't know about the Red Dawn gun, but we drove right past where the Red Dawn uh, RPKs are for rent. We went up, did a little cutoff, drove around, did some shortcuts and stuff because this was Arizona. Uh, Booked over to Albuquerque and... Had some fun driving to Albuquerque, trying to remember what I should talk about and what I shouldn't talk about. So Maggie's joining us. Thanks for joining. So we just got into New Mexico. It's the middle of the night, and, and we're booking. And that's where I think at this point I already knew I was going to Red Dawn. So this is the first time I'm going to Red Dawn in my cop car with the Doberman in the back and Haas tagging along he's down with going to red dawn so we booked up through the middle of the night into red dawn must have got there for the morning farted around saw what we could see went to the school so this was 2012 first time i'd is this the first time or second time i've been to red dawn it might have been the second time i've been to red dawn but the first time i knew i could fart around because i had my time was mine i think the first time i'd been to red dawn Uh, somebody else was driving and all I could do is go, where in the town of Red Dawn was from? And then I knew I had to get back there. So this was the time I could get back there and I was going there to go there. So we went to the, we were there in the morning. I remember we were in Albuquerque at night because I can remember pissing in this place one time. So we had to get there. I don't remember. because we had two people. So I might've been asleep while we were driving, right? We had two people driving. It was pretty good. It's always a good idea when you have two people driving. Or when you can have two people driving, so best road trip. Yeah, especially if for something that's just New Mexico driving, where it's kind of boring sometimes, or you know that kind of thing. You can wake up and be there. So we get to Red Dawn and we check out the. What am I trying to say? Like there's a. It's not a museum. It's like. It's a built. It's like an office. It's only a room. It's an office that's like the. I don't know if there's a word for it there's a word for it but the people that have like all the brochures for the town and they say how good the town is if somebody's visiting the town and they tell you where the stuff is so they told you where like the welcome center yeah i guess it's that but this town has had a bunch of movies no country for old men red dawn a bunch of movies i don't care about were made there and like dozens like a dozen at least so there's even a brochure that talks about all the movies and there's other places where you can go in town and see where movies were made So that's one of their big things. And I think that's one of the reasons why there's so much weird stuff around, like olden stuff, because probably it makes a difference to other people for other movies that I've never seen. But um, anyway, so we talked to her a little bit, and she knew a couple of things about Red Dawn. But again, there's a lot of movies that have been made there, and Red Dawn they could care less about. It's an old movie, and not that many people care. But I think she did say something like a lot of people come there for Red Dawn. She just didn't want to admit it. And not that much stuff exists from Red Dawn. They blew up a building or two, and the vacant lot is there from one of them, but the other one is just another building now, so it's wrong. And then a lot of stuff for Red Dawn they built for Red Dawn, and then they took it away because it was just for the movie. So it's not really anything to look at anymore. So there's just a few things you can actually see for Red Dawn anymore. So in other words, there's more stuff they can talk about other movies or whatever. Anyhow, it was a cool trip because even though I didn't know about as many places to go, I was able to get feet on the high school, which was still in the same shape as it was in the movie. Wait. Damn it. Now I'd have to think about it. I th- no Shit. Now I can't remember. I don't think I've ever seen the school with the windows. I don't think I've ever seen it. I think I'm tripping myself out. I think the school, you know how when they come in and the paratroopers just shoot the windows of PKMs in the beginning um, and the kids are looking out the window and everything? Those windows were all boarded up. Probably, I don't know why, because it's pointing west. It would make no sense. If they pointed south, I could see boarding them up because it would be like a heat thing. But they're pointed west. So by the time the kids are getting out of school, the sun's barely hitting them. But for whatever reason, those windows are gone, maybe because the Russians shot them all out. But, uh, the rest of the building is the same. And even though it was a little bit weird, the the football field where they all tear out of there and go running away from the paratroopers and the, like the football field and the old sign, all that stuff was still there and we could just drive around. So I got pictures of the Doberman in that football field and we could just go anywhere. I think I've been there twice since then where you could still go to the high school, but the last couple of times I've gone there to Red Dawn, the, uh, High school is completely like in weird fences, like because they're scared of, I don't know, somebody stealing a kid or something. And just, you know, it's you can't go in the high school anymore. You used to be able to. But now it's parents only school. You know, you got to have reason to be there to think. So and it totally looks wrong, too, with all the fences and everything. I think they might even have torn down the the scoreboards. It's just completely different. The That was pretty much all we saw, though because that's all I knew about. And that's all the lady could tell us about. So she didn't tell us about a couple of other things. So we booked out of there. We didn't know what we didn't know. We leave uh, Red Dawn and already we're off to a good start because we're having a good time, made pretty good progress. I've done other road trips with friends before and they turned out to just be like, hey, let's stop here and get drunk or like, let's stop here and and fart around, and then we're there for three days when we should have been on the road for four days or something, right? Um, So we started out having a pretty good pace and everything, got through the rest of New Mexico, got through Texas, got into Oklahoma, and that's where we were going to start meeting up with people. My goal was to meet up with a couple of AK builders that I knew, so two of them were there in the Tulsa area, and I think that's when one of my AK friends told me about the museum, I think so when we got to tulsa in the middle of the night my first experience well not my first experience with that tulsa tollway but my first experience trying to stop at that exit for the museum i missed the exit and there was a cop going the other way i can still remember because otherwise i probably would have just slowed down and backed up and not missed the exit right because i missed the exit and i think we must have had phones that could tell us this because there was a cop going the other way, so I wasn't going to slow down and try to back up on a tollway, even though it was like, let's say, a 2 a.m. There was nobody else on the tollway except us and the patrol guy. But I was in Oklahoma with Arizona plates in a cop car, and I'm not going to. Let's just say I wasn't going to And at 2 a.m. doing weird driving stuff, they'll assume you're drunk. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's no reason for them to not jump across and stop me or whatever. So, and I had no idea, but then as soon as we get past there, we figure out, oh, it's 16 miles to the next exit. And then you have to drive 16 miles back. So it was going to be 32 miles. Thank you, Oklahoma assholes. So we get 16 miles down the highway. We weren't having a great time because Haas was like, dude, you should have just backed up. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Okay. I figured that out about two miles past the exit though. You know what I mean? So there's nothing I could do. So it was one of those kind of evenings. We are both super tired. We get to the place where you can turn around, which I guess is somewhere by snob now, but uh, you get off. I don't think you had to pay to get off, but maybe you had to pay to get off. And that was like a quarter or something. And we figure, okay, you're gonna have to pay to get off on the other end and we'll pay with a dollar because there's a person at the other end. That's the other reason I was in, I was scared to back up and everything I think is because there's a person on the exit that we're trying to get to like a human and the other ones is just a little robot basket so i'm pretty sure if i'm remembering right we got off the highway and a cop car is weird because it's on the ground i'm used to a van where you're looking down at robot baskets and in the cop car you're like having to throw money up in the air somehow and then over into the basket or whatever and i think i missed a quarter or something and i'm like Fuck, and i like all of a sudden we're out of quarters and I threw the last quarter on the ground. I couldn't find the quarter. We had to like stop and move and back up to like open the door and like get out, you know, cop corridor is like a wing on an airplane. So uh, you can't just open it. Anyhow. So it was an ordeal to get off the tollway, <clears throat> 16 miles down. We go across to get back on. They want whatever it is, 25 cents or 50 cents. Cause you know, stupid tollway. I think I was just like, I, I'm, hopefully this is long enough or whatever. I think we got to the point where like, we just threw 25 cents in there and left. We're like, whatever, there's no way I'm gonna find any more change. And come on, there's nobody even around. And, and it wasn't even an arm, it was just a robot basket and it wanted 45 cents or something or 50 cents. And we had like 30 cents or something, mainly because I had lost a quarter at the other one, right? It was just a mess. So we get back 16 miles later and get off the highway. And I think it was something like I give the lady two bucks and she's like, oh, don't worry about it. Those machines are busted. Nobody even tells, you know, most people don't even pay them. Thanks lady. So, anyway, as a pig mess, we get off, we get there, go to the museum, it's awesome. Uh, now we're headed to, uh, we went to a couple of different tours, like I said, uh, Tromix and Firing Line uh, firing line told us about a casino uh, on the way over to Missouri. So did that and then, you know, checked out the restaurant at the casino, which is a nice thing when you're on a trip, you know, because usually casinos have pretty awesome food for a decent price. Um, went into Missouri, went back down into Arkansas. Um, I had just got to kind of interviews, tours of manufacturers in Oklahoma, right? We had gotten the kind of the museum tour and whatnot in in Tulsa. So I don't know if it was like, I can't remember anymore, but basically Haas was like, I'm going to get us a tour. And I'm like, all right, do it. So somewhere in there, he called around when we were in Tulsa, I think while we were in with Tromix or something, he's calling around and he gets, he knows, Chris Costa. So he calls Costa and or Costa calls him back, I guess, and goes, hey, guys, go to Nighthawk. So we're like, fuck yeah. So now we're going to. What is that? Berryville, Arkansas. Well, there ain't no straight line in Arkansas. Even rulers are crooked in Arkansas. So you go into Missouri and then you go down into Arkansas and then you go all over the place and then you finally get to Berryville. So we got to Berryville at like four in the morning or something. And we took like, what do you call those kind of showers in the bathroom of the McDonald's? It's one of the first times I've been in a McDonald's in decades too. Hoss um, was cool. He didn't care at all that we didn't go to McDonald's because I don't eat McDonald's and shit like that. So we did okay. I mean, We didn't eat the same foods at all, but I didn't have to go to McDonald's at all. But we did go to McDonald's because was the only place open in Berryville. Took like showers in the bathroom kind of thing. Got over to the place. I think we can talk about it now. They've already moved their location. So Nighthawk comes from the other one in that same town, Wilson, right? So some of the gunsmiths from my understand left Wilson for whatever reason, started up their own place and they started it in a, um, like a storage facility where you have like a hallway with garage doors going down it and then garage size rooms, right? Like in a long, long building. Well, that's where they set up shop. So the offices were at the front where the office would be. And then the first couple, I think were like leather storage or something. And then the next maybe six of these bays were gunsmiths and Nighthawk's thing is one gunsmith, one gun, or one gun, one gunsmith or something like that. So each gunsmith takes the raw parts, looks at the build list that the customer wanted and builds that gun and they build every part of it. So there's they have the really nice workstations and and each of these bays had different gunsmiths. And then going down the right side, it would be like, the I mean, I don't remember the order anymore, but it would be like the somebody doing uh, holsters or leather work, somebody building slings. They did shotguns and stuff. So if somebody was working, two or three of the bays were working on shotguns and different parts of the shotgun processes. Somebody was doing like park rising. So all the different processes and departments were in these different rooms going down this hallway. And they had a Boston Terrier and a couple other dogs that were running the hallways and just were people that worked there. And the dogs would come in and out of their offices or whatever down into this main hallway. It was so awesome. So we get there at like, I'm just going to say five in the morning or something, when they're kind of open up and the bosses are hanging out. And they give us like the, they're super friendly, super nice people. I mean, they didn't give us no guns or nothing, but they're super nice and uh i mean guess chris had asked them to give us a tour out of nowhere like guys were driving over there it was awesome and they go yeah sure no problem so they've given us this tour and they're just cool as hell like they're just getting up and you know getting ready to start working and they're like hey guys talk to this guy who's new and take let this guy take pictures of your shit or whatever so um yeah they let us go through and chat with everybody and then i think we we're there for a good couple of hours because again they were nice they let us shoot in their they have a place for shooting and they had a bunch of suppressed, you know, fancy nighthawks. So we got to shoot a bunch of guns and everything. And then um, by the time, Oh, then we went over and looked at some manufacturing stuff with them. I don't know. And then, you know, so we had a really good time. And then uh, by the time we're done, it's only like eight in the morning or something. It's like an hour, good hour plus before the museum's going to open, but they're like, Oh, you got to go to our museum. It's one of the best museums ever. And we had just been to the Tulsa. So like, we're like, yeah, whatever. we just been to this museum. So we know what museums are now. Well, I didn't know. So we didn't know. I took some pictures of the outside of the building. I went up and looked in the window and I didn't see nothing. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll stay or I'll go. And I, I'm going to blame Haas. He goes, let's get out of here because I don't care about museums. I don't know what happened. But either way, I think, you know, what happened is we were trying to get to Memphis because we were trying to get to the Blackwater facility. We hadn't gotten a no, a final no, that we couldn't go to Blackwater or whatever it was yet. So we were gonna to try to go to this facility where places trained. And it wasn't necessarily a on the, wasn't a publicly available place. So we were trying to get into places by this time. We were like, oh, let's get into more places. Let's get more tours. So we figured let's book let's get ourselves closer to Memphis just in case we get the okay to go to this place, this facility. So we're booking and it takes forever to get anywhere in Arkansas. And there's a lot of chicken farms in Arkansas. It was interesting. Like I'm, I'm going to say it's interesting. I would have never driven from Berryville to Memphis if I wasn't driving from Berryville to Memphis. So that was an interesting part of the trip. We get to Memphis. Let's just say something happened. We got to Memphis and then, um, we couldn't, we didn't go into, did we? No, we didn't go into Graceland, but I go to Graceland every time I'm in Memphis. So I figured, I don't think Haas had ever been. So we stopped by there. Now at this point, here's another thing we can talk about. <clears throat> at this point, we're kind of trying to get ourselves, I had a couple other things arranged for the tri- trip already, and we were trying to get to the castle, and Haas had got us into Nighthawk and through Costa, and we did some other things and then now we're trying to both trying to do as much as we possibly can on the trip like we're just trying to do as much as we can so we're in memphis we stopped by graceland i think we went into the parking lot and hung out and we kind of did as much as we could without paying for anything which was a lot back in 12 so you could go walk around you could look over the fence at the airplanes and stuff and i could sees the Graceland and everything so you know i got my graceland fix and it gave us time to recon and then i was telling to tell him let's go by uh uh jaeger because he's just down the street here he's cool and we can stay at his place for free because we're also wasting money because we were staying at hotels like a bunch of princesses so we were wasting money and this is because we weren't paying attention. I'm not good with money. So we're, we're just not paying attention. We're not at luxury hotels, but we're staying at hotels like an idiot. And we're, we're eating a free breakfast. We're not going nuts, but we're, we're hemorrhaging money with the hotels. So I'm like, let's go by Jaeger. He'll let us sleep there for nothing. And then we can book up to the fifth to, um, um, Campbell and I forget what it is, Brigadier Quartermaster and ats tactical we wanted to go to ats tactical and get a tour a nylon manufacturer out front in fort campbell so i was like let's go by jaeger's so he's like right south of there so yeah uh, house hated jaeger he's like oh hell no i'm not going up by him he didn't know him but he knew this other guy who hated him so he's like oh no i don't want to go by him and i'm like look dude unless you're going to pay for the hotel i'm going to go to jaeger's and you can go pay for some hotel so i call jaeger he's like yeah of course come by so uh we go we, I'm, I'm like, dude, just go. You'll see what I'm talking about. You'll be fine. We we get there. Long story short, I won't get into it. We had a great time. Uh, Jaeger's a good dude. Was a good dude, and uh, Haas and him became really good friends. Haas was in the way in the training, all the op- all the operator stuff, and and uh, it was perfect for when they were trying to uh, get people there to be part of it and everything. So it worked out really well. We had a freaking great time in, in Tennessee. So we hung out with Jaeger. He let us stay at the place, and we were there was between classes and everything. So we were literally the only ones there, him and his family. And then we booked up to uh, Campbell, uh, checked out ATS, had a great tour, uh, chatted with them. See, we weren't really trying to create relationships and blah blah blah. We were just exploring the community and sharing. Like we were trying to to figure out how to get video, figure out how to take pictures figure out ideally how to like edit while we're on the driving and stuff like that. So, I mean, it didn't work cause we were in a cop car. That's why I got a van now cause it didn't work in a cop car. You can't sit in the passenger seat of a cop car and edit videos. It ain't going to work. You could probably sit in the back of an ambulance and, vid- and edit videos while somebody else is driving and that would be awesome. But uh, so anyway, we're trying to do that kind of stuff, trying to figure it out. Um, I have a thing to do over in by Dollywood. And we got time. Jaeger goes, why don't you guys go buy um, Barrett? I'm like, okay, sounds good to me. I mean, I could take it or leave it. It's Barrett sounds cool, though. I mean, I'm never going to buy a Barrett, but I'll go look at how they're made. So we go over to, is that Knoxville? Nashville? I forget which one's which. All the towns in Tennessee look the same to me. But uh, whatever the first one is there, I forget what it is. Is it Nashville? Which one's on the left? I have no idea. I think it's Nashville, and Knoxville is the one with Dollywood. But whatever, it's the one that's close. It's the one that's not next to Dollywood. So we go there, and it takes a little while to find it. It's not necessarily hidden, but it's not on GPSs back in the day. We find it, we get in there, and everything. Right? <clears throat> it's awesome. So I, it's a whole story. I don't know if I want to get into it, but uh, we get there, we get in, and then uh, we get in. We meet uh, Barrett's daughter. And she goes, I don't know what happened to Smeggy. Oh, um, we meet Barrett's daughter and she goes, hey, I'm going to have the plant to guy give you a tour. The plant manager give you a tour. Um, and then so like, OK, go into his office and he's like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, who the hell are you guys? Like nobody gets to do this tour. It was awesome. So we, we got the rundown that like nobody gets to do this tour and he's like but whoever the hell you are you're here so let's take this tour the only thing that sucks is it's one of these i've been on a couple of tours like this when they're when they do itar stuff they can't you can't take pictures in there so we couldn't take any pictures or nothing but we got a deluxe tour of the barrett place it was freaking great my dog's been in the barrett facility and everything it's awesome we got to hang out. It was just awesome so uh you know seeing them all it's neat just everything about it is awesome We get out of there, and we're just stoked. We go to the other one, Maxville, I guess, and went to Dollywood. Well, not really to Dollywood, but down to Smoky Mountain Knife Works, which is the same thing. Uh, So so Haas gets to see some some Smoky Mountain Knife Works. So this is 2012, right? I forget whenever, you know, how Marines are. This is their birthday, so we have to be nice to them. But uh, Marines, you know, they have some secret handshake or whatever. They can always tell when there's another Marine around. So whenever Arlie Emery uh, would be at Shot Show, somewhere in there, I don't know when, I'd take tra- I mean, wasn't, you know, I didn't have to watch him. Uh, Haas and Arlie Emery hung out and met, e- met each other. <clears throat> and then we're in Smoky Mountain Knife Works. In 2012, in like October, and Arlie Emery's standing there. We're like walking around, and Haas had never been to Smoky Mountain Knife Works before. I hadn't been since I was a little kid, and it was in a new building and everything, so I'm exploring this crazy new multi-level building. I think it's the building it's in now still. And, uh, you know, we're running all around looking at this place and just going nuts, and and we were killing time because we had my next appointment was we had to kill time for it. So I was like, perfect. Let's hang out at Smoky Mountain Works, right? And and we meet Arlie Emery standing there looking at knives. And then he turns around and he goes, oh, hey, Haas, or something like that. Like, I swear to shit. He goes, oh, hey, Haas. Like, he remembered Haas from just hanging out with him at SHOT Show. That was pretty epic. He didn't remember me. He might have been like, oh, hey, because I kind of snuck into SHOT Show one year, 2006. I, I snuck into SHOT Show one year and got uh, autographed with them way before the rest of the, the place opened. But uh, So he may have remembered me from that, but I can't imagine why he would. But um, he definitely remembered Haas, and it was pretty neat because they got their little marine handshake. So that was a whole other story. So then we leave SHOT, uh, We leave that place, the uh, Smoky Mountain Knife Works, head up to meet with Bojay and Dottie. And they are the people that, uh, their German engineer that uh, fixed up the AA-12 full-auto shotgun. Uh, their whole reason to take the trip was to get to the museum because I could go past Bojay and Dottie. It's two of the coolest people I've ever met were in Tennessee. Uh, I had seen What's-His-Face shoot the AA-12 one time. And I was like, well, I'm on YouTube. I could shoot an AA-12 also but I want to do more than just shoot one because that's weak. I want to go learn about it more, find out what the story is and everything. I start to do a little bit of research and I figure out that the same people who know all about the AA-12 have created a mini revolver. Well, in 2010, two years before this, I already started going on my tour of uh, NAA and doing factory tours for this mini revolvers. So I definitely want to meet this guy. He he has his own mini revolver, the BC special, Boge Cornelius special, the BC special. And he worked on the AA-12, right? So we get there. He's he's in a little town in Tennessee. He's working out of an old, like, 1940s, maybe 1930s, 1940s gas station, like old-timey, old-fashioned gas station. and And he's in there with a bunch of machine stuff. Some of it had computer stuff on it most of it was just old-fashioned real machinery mural mills and stuff stuff i'm used to from being a little kid around that kind of stuff and just a little grandpa and grandma super nice people super cool let us in talk to us give us you know you've seen the videos or if you've ever seen the videos i've made a couple of videos of the interviews gave us a tour let us shoot the a12 ended up selling me out of his own personal collection one of his mini revolvers um, Gave us some souvenirs, super nice people, and then tell us, oh, you want to talk to Jerry Berber? So they give us directions, give us a phone number, send us on our way, and we go up and meet the guy who owns the AA 12, who's doing the casting for Charter Arms revolver parts while we're talking, and uh, has done the internals for the MAC 10s. He's um, done all the receivers, all the receivers for all the mini revolvers. Uh, that have been existent and super cool story so we got to talk to that guy for a while and this is before we even leave Tennessee so now we leave Tennessee and we're heading into Virginia and I think we went by Monticello really like Monticello myself it's one of my favorite places as far as the old president stuff goes Um, and then we had the light on the vehicle and at this point we're running low on money we had the light on the vehicle Our goal was to next go up to to New York, but I would have had to driven through two states away from anybody I knew. Oh, and we also got shafted. I I guess I'm ignoring the bad parts. Um, We did this tour. I'm only talking about the good stuff because I'm optimistic, I guess. During this time, we're also missing YouTubers, people without any kind of real skin in the game, people that wanted to talk a lot and wanted to be, in the game when or you know we're part of the conversations and stuff but when it was like hey drive a couple hours and let's do something drive a couple hours be part of this epic thing that's happening this is all october of 2012 2012. you know be part of this well i'm too busy oh, i got other things to do blah, blah blah so we're getting a little discouraged with our lack of participation we do have eric who's been calling me the whole time checking on our progress making sure everything's cool blah 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 we're still going to be in Cause he was going to do his Halloween shoot and he wanted us to be there or we we're coordinating it or whatever. So we're having some phone calls with him and, uh, and, and cutlery lover blows us off and he's in Pennsylvania. So the dude in Ohio or someplace blew us off on the way over the Appalachians. And now we're on the other side of the Appalachians and cutlery lover blows us off. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to drive my vehicle. That's giving me trouble up into a state where I don't even know, because it's been a long time since I've driven around up there. But it's like, you know, the real train and stuff, and I didn't want to do it. So it's like we can book over to D.C. where we know people, and I can have the car in a safer place, just more people around, more comfortable. So we head over to D.C., and that's where Marco's at. And Marco's a cool dude. He hooks us up, takes Haas. They go out hanging out. I do my thing. And then Jaeger hooked us up with the, with the NRA Museum. He goes, hey, go to the NRA Museum. Tell them I sent you. Go down in the basement. Go upstairs. Do everything cool. So we go over to the NRA Museum. We go upstairs. Go to the library. Go to the, there's like a couple of rooms up there that are cool uh, that they show people, I guess. Uh, there's a cool collection of Garrens. Or no, it's 1903s. I think it's a collection in nineteen o three Springfields. But it must be two dozen of them, somebody's collection of them that is in like a really interesting framed, it's like a museum thing, but somebody gave it to them. So they own a lot of firearms that are given to them by people because they want to say, here, let's give me, I'm going to give this to the NRA. And they think, I'm going to give this to the NRA. It'll be in the NRA's possession forever. Well, some of this stuff is just sitting on the wall in some of the rooms of the museum or of the office building because it can't all fit in the museum. So that's some of the stuff they have up in the library. You're looking at that, you're looking at all the books. There's a room up there where they clean everything. We went in there. There's another room where they kind of hold the stuff that's not in the museum, but they're fiddling with it at the time. So pretty much, you know, taking pictures of it for the internet, let's say, that kind of thing. They can pick pictures for books. Uh, I think what would happen is somebody might say, I want to take a, I need a picture of XYZ for my book or my project. And when they got around to it, or maybe with enough reason or whatever, they'd go get the item, take pictures of it, and put the item back in the museum, I think. It seemed to be like that kind of room. Everything in there was fancy and, and accounted for and delicate. So anyway, we got to see kind of behind the scenes there. Then they took us down to the to the vault downstairs, and that was amazing, like getting to see this giant vault where all these guns are from, you know, it's the, the NRA's guns. And not too many people got down there and uh, nobody got down there with a camera before so marco and haas and i got to hang out down there and look around and just see a bunch of stuff they were in the process of getting a bunch of guns together for the museum that they were creating in missouri the uh sporting museum so it was kind of full with all the boxes and stuff that were getting packed but it was you know it was it was What's the word? It was like weeding out the collection because a lot of the stuff was being moved. But because it was in the process, it was also more clutter. So anyhow, it was kind of cool to be able to get down there. We didn't quite get our run of the place, which would have been awesome. But uh, we did get to hang out there for quite a while. So we got back up or we got out of there. We got uh, said goodbye to Marco, headed back to Tennessee. And that's when we went down to Chattanooga and hung out with Artisan Tony. He hooked us up and put us in the Chattanooga Choo Choo Hotel, which is a bunch of trains. It's Chattanooga Choo Choo. Uh, so he put us up in one of there. I got a bunch of pictures of the dog hanging out in the fancy old train uh, furniture from back in the day. They'd let you have your dog in there. So that was pretty cool. Got to sleep in the Chattanooga Choo Choo and woke up, hung out with Tony. He took us to eat, showed us a bunch of stuff in Chattanooga, took us to a couple of gun shops, surplus store, a of surplus stores. Then we went to a museum, the Fuller Collection at the Chickama- Chickamauga Battlefield. Uh, between, I think it's south of Chattanooga. It might be in Georgia. And then Haas wanted to see some rocks or something really bad that I don't know, something from Georgia. So went to some hill, looked at some rocks, looked at some cannons up there. Um, Tony might have bought us lunch. I forget. I think he bought us some fancy lunch after that. And then uh, we booked south into Atlanta and hung out by the Glock factory, went down by um, Eric's place. What is it? Um, Pond? No, Moss Pond. Uh, Met up with um, Barry was still kicking and um, hanging out there. Eric had like hours before he would have been off of work. And we were just, you know, being able to see Moss Pond was pretty cool, hanging out in there, kind of figuring out the scale and how the place was laid out. Uh, they had a lot of cool guns, so I was looking at, like, the Bowers. They had two different Bowers in the shop at the time. And it was just fascinating. It was a nice, it is a nice shop, right? It's a cool shop. And then while I'm farting around, they got a law hanging off the ceiling because this is Georgia, and they probably got a lot more different uh, military bases and stuff, right? they got a law perfect law really really nice law hanging off the ceiling so i'm like what's the deal on that and it was a hundred dollars which is insane because out here you can't even find a law for winning that and this was one of the best law the best condition laws since the ones we shot like in basic and like the ones you'd fucking throw away like this was in good condition so i go how much is that thing and they're like 100 bucks i'm like well i'll buy that so barry goes up on the thing, grabs it off the ceiling, and I buy my law off of Barry. So uh, they might have given me a discount even. I forget. They probably gave me a discount, right? I can't remember. I'm sure I got a discount, though. Um, We're still hanging around, went upstairs, hung out up there, did some cool stuff. Eric's a good dude. And then, uh, you know, we were bothering him, basically, you know, wasting his time. We didn't want to get him in trouble hanging out at his job too long. So uh, booked out of there hung out at a bunch of other gun shops in that area. He hooked us up with where to go check out a couple of surplus stores that were cool, really cool surplus stores. I did, I've actually bought a couple of things at those surplus stores now that I'm thinking about it. And then finally hooked up with Eric. Uh, He was off for a couple of days, I think, after that. He showed us where to hang out uh, at a hotel again because we're hemorrhaging money. Uh, near where he's at it was i don't know He probably moved by now but um then we went to some place where he shot well at the time where he shot at i don't know if he shoots at the same place all the time but uh went out to the place where he shoots at and then kind of watched him set up and then shoot a chunk of his halloween video which was nuts he spent like i don't know five hundred dollars if i remember right on ammo and tannerite and soda and pumpkins and crap to shoot spent half a day setting it all up and everything, I'm good half a day, like as much time as anybody spends just going to the range, they spent just setting it all up, thinking it out, planning it out. And I guess we were there for them shooting it and everything. So, you know, and then shot it all. And, you know, we're listening to, or we're, you know, having conversations about what he's doing. But when you're creating content, you're also talking about cameras and you're talking about strategies and you're talking about stuff so it was, it was pretty fun hanging out and just chalking shop i guess you could say and then talking about some bigger stuff some other stuff that was happening this network shit that was going on and then uh we didn't know what was right around the corner this was october of 2012 so this was uh georgia this was the 13th state in our trip it must have been something like day 15 or something by now and, uh, you know, a couple of good weeks on the road, spending money almost every night. A couple of times we hung out at people's places, but nobody in their right mind is going to put two giant dudes and a Doberman who's also, my Doberman was like 95 pounds. Wait, was he back big? He might have been 85 pounds. I think 90, 85 pounds. Anyway, big dog. And uh, nobody's going to set us up. So at some point, maybe twice along the trip, we had camped to save money, but we were not saving money. We were hemorrhaging money. So it was uh, Georgia. We had another appointment in, in Alabama with Carcall uh, and the people that import the Steyer Oggs and the Steyers. So met up with them, got to check out a bunch of gun shops in that area in Alabama and then cut across Mississippi back into Tennessee and then I guess Mississippi and Louisiana back into Tennessee, what am I saying, Tennessee, back into Texas, across Texas, across New Mexico, back into Arizona. Most of that last part of the trip was hollowed ass because it was running out of money. And, you know, faster get home, faster start editing video and stuff. We get home from this thing and the thing in Connecticut happens. So That had happened and it was all unfolding. So horrible things happen, but you don't know the future. So no one knows what's about to happen. Everybody is still kind of doing life as normal. One of the things that was happening in the midst of 2012 was uh, Hickok had shot some pumpkins at some point. I forget when he shot the pumpkins, probably 2011, I guess, Halloween. Would that make sense? And whenever he hit the... He shot some pumpkins. That went equivalent, the equivalent of going viral on news channels. And news channels show the same thing if they like it. So they showed his pumpkin shooting pretty much everywhere, which gave him... He you know went from some amount of followers to all of the followers. And since he was in Tennessee, just a few miles north of let's say near the people who were already in the video game industry making serious income Uh, the video game agents the video game networks said hey let's go find out what's going on with guns and then obama said well here's 20 executive actions and then that turned into a whole thing so this trip that we was right at the beginning of a crazy amount of growth, disruption, and changes in the industry. In the gun industry, in the YouTube community, in the gun community, in society, Obama decided to just say, you know what, we're going after guns. And that changed a lot of stuff. In 2012, the brace was invented, right? And people were uh, seeing that as think. Remember that. Think about what it would be like to be on the other end of the pistol brace when it was first invented and brought to the scene. Shot Show 2012 was Obama's executive actions, and Sig has a brace on an AR pistol that the ATF says you can shoulder. That was the time that that was the era that we ended the trip i had joined a network like an asshole idiot don't join a network it's my recommendation and i didn't know what to do with my video because everything i put up on the internet on youtube would have been the network's property so that turned into a whole thing so um lots to talk about with uh with this thing that was sort of the itinerary sort of the recap of some of the adventures turned out that at the end of it all um, Haas had been smarter than i even though he's a marine he had edited and scheduled edited posted and scheduled i don't know how many let's say two weeks worth of videos so the whole time we were on the trip Haas had videos firing up and going live if he was sitting in the passenger seat uh, he was able to talk to people on their uh, comments or whatever. I should mention on this 6,000 miles, 21 days, 16 states, we only lost cell coverage between Jaeger's Place and Fort Campbell when we dipped down into some river there and right back out and the internet came back. So we missed internet for just a moment dipping down into some river valley in Tennessee or on the Tennessee, Kentucky. Oh, you know what? It's probably that valley. I never even thought about it. It's probably the River that is between oh, uh, Tennessee and Kentucky. Is that the Ohio River? It's probably that river. I never even thought about it, but we had to go right past that border. Anyhow, so somewhere in there, lost internet. And then basically, let's just say west eastern New Mexico somewhere. I think we lost internet because it was in the middle of nowhere. And that was coming back from uh, Red Dawn Place. So middle of nowhere and not on a highway. But otherwise, we had internet the entire time. And Haas had his videos firing off like every so often on a regular basis. I pretty much, as soon as I hit the road, no more videos. We do a lot of live stuff and I just don't do a lot of produced videos. So I had no videos posted the whole time. So I got back and my internet, my YouTube revenue had effectively been turned off for the 21 days we were gone, which means I got back to... No check from YouTube that month, and it wasn't paying all the bills or anything, but it was paying some bills. So instead of having any income, I had no income, and then, or I had lost a month's worth of income and done nothing to get ready for Christmas because that was 2000. and or I mean, in October is when you should be making your videos to edit in November and post in December. So it was kind of shitty timing but you can't see the future you can only do stuff and then sometimes it lays down nicely with the rest of world events and sometimes it does not we were still able to do the tour I'm trying to think I think we had one flat tire uh no other I'm not gonna do different kinds of wood here no other kind of trouble as far as engine trouble or anything like that I'm trying to think maybe we did Sometimes you lose a water heater or like a starter and you forget about it cause you just fix it in the parking lot. Maybe something like that happened. I know that kind of stuff happens. Uh, I didn't write it down or I don't remember it if it did, but I do remember changing like a water heater in the cop car once, but you know, on a three well, on that thing, it's a Ford motor. I don't know what they're called, but you know, they're all easy to work on. So, um, otherwise though, you know, just tires, maybe, um, one of the issues we had was we left the place, we left Tucson with the trunk full, but the back seat completely empty. And we were gonna leave the back seat completely empty for the dog. And for the most part, we were able to do that. But the trunk got absolutely full. I'm guessing Haas must've sent back probably two duffel bags worth of stuff to Tucson. And uh, I don't think I had to send anything, but I was, I I did not buy anywhere near as much stuff as I would have bought if we would have had a bigger bigger vehicle or more planning on having more empty space when we left. Well, let's see. I think I'm probably missing some stuff. Like I say there's a lot to it and other elements, you know, I haven't even brought up cameras or the tech other than the you know the fact that we had internet. But uh, it was a great tour. Uh, in retrospect and in the grand scheme of things, um, uh, probably would change a couple of things, but I'm um, definitely glad we took it. I'm going to go over and take a look at the poll over here. Uh, we're around watching our adventures back in 2012. Only 8% of people said yes. And before 25% said around that time, which is actually quite a few people. That's about a third of the people have been around since, uh, 2012. Uh, then a third of you said not quite that long. And then a third have said got here more recently. Well, I'm going to say end to that poll and welcome to everybody, no matter how long you've been around. Uh, you know, we're using the internet to have conversations, to uh, to share and to archive the community. And uh, you know, we're not trying to set down roots and create a large audience. not trying to create a huge community for the sake of community. Obviously I've built communities quite a few times now, and there's probably another one in the works, but uh, not communities built for for size or for profit, Uh, communities built to accomplish. And uh, like I said, we'll probably continue to keep working on that. But uh, this was another, this trip specifically, uh, Haas and I took was to do something creatively and different, something with intent, something we could do with uh, in front of people with the YouTube. Do something that had nothing to do with selling you anything or uh, wasn't sponsored by anybody. We didn't have crowdfunding back then, so uh, it was really just I had not bought toys or anything with my YouTube earnings at the time. It was about three grand to take this trip and gas and hotels and shit. Uh, we didn't really eat that much. Uh, we didn't like, so we camped a couple of times, but it turned out to, when you're an idiot and you're just stopping at campgrounds, you know, you're paying almost as much for a campground as you are for a cheap hotel. So we just ended up going to cheaper and cheaper hotels, but, um, you know, not, we didn't even, it's not like we were drinking beers every night or nothing. Like we barely ate maybe twice a day kind of thing, you know, vending machine food sometimes. So, uh, Anyway, it was uh, was worth doing and uh, wanted to be able to get as far as we could in that cop car. I dig kind of ball run type of stuff. I like the idea of adventure when it's not guaranteed. You know, I drive around in a van that's, I guess, 20 years old. Is it that all? Yeah, I guess it's a 20-year-old van now. But uh, it's inexpensive. Well, I guess it's inexpensive. But it's, uh, it's an adventure. It's fun. So uh, this was uh, an attempt to reminisce on it and to chat about it. It's interesting to see that there's uh, some, some interest in, in our old adventures out there uh, in different ways. And uh, this was an attempt to begin a series that we'll be doing on Thursdays. So, as you kind of see on the tour log here, this was not the first, but one of our early tours. Definitely the first large tour with crew, you know, with Haas and other people involved, uh, where we went through multiple states for multiple days and multiple destinations 40 something different destinations in 2012. In 2013, well, to be honest, I went broke and had to recover from that. In 2014, the world changed completely for YouTube and for internet. And I started to question after knowing and seeing and understanding and, and then observing. Uh, I had no interest in going out. I had no ability to go out. I was still recovering a bit financially by then. Uh, but we did in 2015, head up to Vegas early and checked out all the different rental ranges. So was, my goal there was to uh, check out the options for um, the recreational machine gun shooting so that when people went to SHOT Show in 2016, right, the next couple of months later, that they could uh, potentially incorporate the machine gun shooting or some of the ranges into their, into their coverage of the show. So in other words, we took a couple of years, well, a year to recover with the industry and the industry exploded in 2013 and 14. And I took a year there to recover from the change. You know, that's when also when 2013 is when gun channels was created and when every second matters was created. So in 2014, uh, I wasn't on the road as much as, you know, monitoring and building community there. And then, like I say, in 2015, I started to get back on the road. In 2016, Bob came down. We started the Daily Gun Show podcast that we're talking on right now. And we got back on the road with another 6,000 miles uh, with that dude from Canada. So what we'll do in, like I say, this is kind of beginning of a series. What we'll do in the next one is probably talk about eh, Vegas and maybe a little bit about the interim there. See if that can, I don't know if that can take a whole show. I mean, I definitely can take a whole hour to talk about that tour of Vegas. And then the next show, we'll talk about 2016 and the tours with Bob around the United States and the West. Then in 2017, uh, we got to the Bannerman Castle, 11,000 miles on the road that year. Actually, in 16, we can also talk about when uh, we got over to California and hung out with Smeggy. And we drove around uh, to all the different uh, Ring of Fire pistol c- factories. Actually, did quite a few tours in 2016. So then we'll do another week. We'll talk about 2017, that 11,000 mile tour where we got up to the uh, Bannerman Castle finally, and then to the Gun Rights Policy Conference in Dallas, and then the uh, 2018 tour where we got up to Chicago for the gun rights policy conference and again, over to California, up into Minnesota and another 11,000 miles on the road. Then we'll do another show about the 12,000 miles we got in 2019 and that's driving, um, Oh, snap. I was going to say, how did I get to 11,000 miles? That's because I went back to D.C. for the D.C. Pro, uh, the DC rally. Holy shit, I forgot about the D.C. rally. Yep. So then, uh, you know, everything slowed down with the craziness, and we'll do another show probably about the next couple of years, and then maybe another show about what's next for the tour. So it's not over. You just have to recover financially from the last couple of tours and uh, regroup, get back on the road. We'll keep sharing our our community and sharing the industry that supports it. One for the goal of archiving it, so that gun owners who don't yet or at the moment don't appreciate what's out there, um, you know, have it when they do or if they ever do. Nobody's obligated to, but if they ever decide to be interested in some of this stuff, we'll have put something there for them. But we're also just experiencing it for the people who are out there creating it to let them know they're appreciated, and then to uh, to get a picture of it. There's already this thing that we're looking at here is a illustration I made of the um, the uh, Boot Hill Museum in Dodge City, Kansas. This is already a different museum since our visit there, and I don't remember which one this picture was taken in that I used for the illustration. But I've been there about three times now, and. This was probably from one of the first times, because it's now got a big, giant building in front of all this stuff. You can't see any of this stuff anymore. All right. It's like a time capsule. Yeah, exactly. That's sort of the goal with the the websites and then these kind of conversations is to uh, remember that stuff. Um, You know, I can go back and talk about the museums. I've done that before. We could talk about the factory tours. That's fun to do. Uh, get people in that we met on the trips, that would be fun. And, uh, you know, something like the Watermaker show that's this weekend, that would be the kind of thing that, uh, you know, would be one of the destination points of a tour that we would take. I almost got to the Watermaker show this time. Trust me, I was trying, Uh, tried about three different ways to accomplish it and just nothing seemed to work out. It's a shame because I'm not trying to go there just to go there. The Maker Show is an amazing resource. We're looking at an economy that's having some potential issues. And one of the things that people tend to purchase at a time of stress is firearms and the collectibles and the, um, the commodities that are typically adjacent to firearms, which I'm talking about like gold and silver and the some of the uh, precious uh, like just antiques, I guess, things that are uh, of made of materials that are of value, but also are items that, you know, have historical value. Those kind of things are the kind of things that a lot of people will invest in to hold value at times of stress. And that's when you go, that's when the markets, the gun shows, are the, the opportunities for uh, a, lot of, a lot of stuff happening. So, um Whatever. So we'll uh, we'll continue to do these shows on Thursdays. Tomorrow is Friday. We'll be uh, doing the look back at the week. All kinds of interesting stuff happened. I've been working on quite a few different things here. Had a chance to listen to uh, kind of my normal amount of uh, Second Amendment stuff. And there's definitely with the elections and with the um, people who are what's the word like uh, doing their. Opinions of the results, no, what I'm trying to say, they're like recaps of the elections. There's certainly a lot to, to keep up with uh, for tomorrow's wrap up. All right, I'm going to go check on the live stuff. I haven't really been paying too much attention, but out of the corner of my eye, it doesn't look like too many things were being said out here. Uh, but again, I appreciate the people that join us live. I do put links out, I'll continue to put links out. So if the co hosts want to jump in on a Thursday and help keep the conversation going or ask a specific question, feel free. Uh, So, let's see, we had uh, Gunpowder Beauty, I think I mentioned earlier, was the first one to say hey. Smeggy was out there, joined in for a while earlier. Woods is out there. And uh, G23, good Joran jumped in, showed us that 1911, or no, that Peretta from earlier. That was pretty cool. Uh, Then Kurt said hey. Good evening. Did I hear you say DJ? DJ was out there for a bit. And then Jacob jumped in. Roy said hey. And I already think I already said woods. So yeah, thanks everybody for joining. I don't think I'm missing any any comments or any questions. But if I am, I do apologize. Feel free to leave them for us, and uh, I'll address them in the future or in a you know reply to your comment. Either way, we do appreciate you joining us live. We'll be back to pick you up. Gearwebsites.com is your source for firearms-based playing cards and books. We also have mugs, shirts, and posters with designs that we've made live. Of course, we have patches every Friday. It's Free Patch Friday. We appreciate your support. Thank you for shopping at gearwebsites.com. Just threw a link into the description here, but there should be one in the description of the video as well for our website, gunshowloopholetour.com. That's the website where we uh, post the uh, tour logs and the links and the the adventures and the photographs and the links to the videos from our various uh, tours. So it's the com, And I definitely chose that with intent because they are not going to own Gun Show Loophole. We're going to play with that and we're going to own it and i guarantee you by the time we're done gun show loophole when searched for in the internet will find our tour and not some anti-gun garbage tonight's episode the ripoff Ninja! 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 Thank you for supporting our projects. If you'd like to buy us a cup of coffee, check out our Patreon channel. The guys and gals at gunwebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thank you for watching GunWebsites.com.